1: Outkick 360 rolls on. The big news locally in the state of uh, Tennessee was right here in in Nashville this week for the SEC and for the Vanderbilt Commodores. $300 million announcement where they're going to upgrade facilities in the athletic program. It is something that we have talked about over the course of the decade that we've been together as a show. Whenever we've had this discussion, we've gone to Chris Lee of VanitySports.com. Um, Chris, it wasn't too long ago, and Chris joins us now, by the way. Thank you for the time today, Chris. It wasn't too long ago that we were wondering if, if Vandy could get $300. Now they have $300 million. What What was your reaction to the announcement earlier this week?
0: Well, I wasn't surprised, given I'd been hearing it for a while, but at the same time, it's Vanderbilt, right? And <laughs> if any school reserves the right for take-backs, it's Vanderbilt. And so and let's also point out that they've got to groundbreak and do all these things and so everything's not in the barn yet but a great first step and certainly the school has moved a long way to taking off one of the huge criticisms leveled towards it and i think a lot of people were very encouraged and i think for good reason
2: so chris it obviously this is something that takes a while to get going and get this level of donation I know John Ingram was the first donation, $10 million. To your knowledge, was this something that was in the works for a while? And was this something that Candace Story Lee could tell every prospective football coach when they interviewed that this was going to happen?
0: Yeah, it's been in the works for a while. I started to hear about this time last year that they were looking at committing around $300 million. But again, Vandy being Vandy, you just don't know what to believe and what to trust. Right. But to the coaching element of things, Clark Lee, I'm told had some things written in his contract, some assurances, what they were specifically. I don't know, but Clark Lee is a guy who was going to have some options and certainly had options last year and would have had options next year. And so I don't think it's a job you take You may not know exactly what's going to happen, but I think you try to get an idea of what's going to happen. And from what I hear, he did that. And I guess we're now seeing maybe a little bit of what he knew. So it certainly seems like as part of this, Vanderbilt Athletics has unlocked finally or broken through the wall that separated uh, university donors from athletic donors. Um, do you believe that's the case? And how was this finally accomplished when uh, it seemed to be such a high and impenetrable wall and such a problem? That seems to be the case. I think the biggest first step was—I'm going to say last May—I was told that Daniel Dearmy had made the decision to move on from Susie Stalkup, who was their head of development. And they had raised a lot of money under her watch, but I think she had alienated some people. and she was a person that Malcolm Turner, I think had a lot of conflict with is he wanted to raise money and the school did the school's things to wall off donors. I think getting her out of the way was a major step, but it's also a signal uh, maybe to the rest of the school and to people that, We're not going to allow athletics to continue to have the difficulties it's had in the past. And so I think that's a thing where getting rid of her a year ago laid the groundwork for a lot of what you saw today, probably.
2: So, Chris, when you look at what they're doing in this plan, and I love the fact that they came right out and said, this is going to impact football and basketball the most, the the, the sports that drive the most revenue, the sports that, let's face it, SEC fans care about the most probably in in that order for most schools, but the football stadium, you know, there's one little bit of disappointment, and I know Paul talked about this also, but one little bit of disappointment from fans was that there's not going to be a new stadium, but they are going to do things to help the current Vanderbilt Stadium. From what you've heard about this, will Vanderbilt fans be pleased with what's going to happen to Vanderbilt Stadium with improvements that are planned?
0: Well, I think those are last priority, right? They have made it clear for a while that the things we do are going to benefit our players first. And frankly, if they start winning games right, I think fans would rather go to watch a good team or a great team in an okay stadium than, than watch a bad team in a great stadium. And I'm not defending the mayor, but I think that's where they put their priorities, I think you will see that stadium change in a few ways. I think you'll see fewer people there. I suspect that what they're going to do is they will put a football operations center in the closed end zone. Uh, The word I've heard is they'll knock out around 10,000 seats. So probably be some club seating over there. I think eventually they will rip out some of the bleachers and go chair backs. In some areas, I don't know if that's going to be in this first phase of things in the next year or if that's going to be a couple of years down the road. People I've talked to tend to think more of the latter. And I've heard eventually that they may put in a suite that would be on the baseball stadium side that would be opposite the press box um, up there. And I think it would allow people to watch both baseball and football games, which would kind of be a neat touch. Again, I think that's something down the road, and and they may not do it, but – I think their priority was to hit performance things like weight rooms and the performance center and stuff like that that will benefit the, the players before it will be the fans. Uh, but I think you'll see some things sprinkled in for the fans, too. I know they've talked about better concessions things. I think you'll eventually see like a food court type deal where maybe you don't see the concession stands uh, where they are now. I, I think it'll be maybe a more centralized location which I think would be good. I think it might alleviate some of your your crowd flow issues. Uh, This is a little speculative, but these are things that people have told me at various times. So I think that's what you're gonna see. I think that the player stuff will take first priority, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some things sprinkled in for fans in the coming years along those lines.
1: Chris Lee is with VandySports.com and he joins us on Outkick 360. Chris, let's look at this from a different angle. We have known for years that there has been a separation of power, a split in opinion with the academics and the athletic programs. Are there those at Vanderbilt that are upset with with Deermeyer for making this commitment to athletics?
0: Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are. I think that's one reason you didn't see it before now. I think that anytime you start spending a lot of money on sports, and look, $300 million anywhere for anything is a lot of money, right? So I think the thing... To me, it's not just the fact that they are committing this money towards athletics. It's also a sign that the chancellor's got the guts to take that crowd on. And to me, that's got significance beyond just what they're about to do, because I think that tells you you have a chancellor who might be willing to go to bat for sports uh, when other things come down the line. And I think one thing that they need to do is to get priority registration for their football players and their athletes. I mean, they are against the same constraints that the rest of the student body is and so you see kids missing practice and and taking labs at crazy times and i think it just exhausts a lot of the players so that's one thing i'm looking at too is a thing of significance is i think that when it comes to a time to where the chancellor has a chance to do other things to help sports he's already shown that he's willing to go out on a limb for their programs and i think that's a big thing too is it your understanding that the football building is going to be where one of the football practice fields currently is? And do you have any inclination as to where they're going to squeeze the basketball building given the limited footprint there? What I think will happen, and they kind of reserve their right to commit to things, and they, they said some things may change. But when I've talked to people, what I hear that will probably happen is they will tear out that closed in zone and they'll put the performance center there for football. I think they will roof in or or close in or, or build an indoor facility somewhere where one of the two practice fields is now for football and for basketball. I think what they will do is they will tear down the Palmer Fieldhouse, which is you are sitting in the closed end zone. If you look diagonally kind of to your right, uh, beyond the scoreboard, beyond the grassy end zone, kind of diagonally to the right there, that's where that building sits. My understanding is that's probably where the basketball court will go, that the practice facility or the operations center as they call it. Uh, it. To me, that's that's a little squeezed, but I, I'm sure they've thought about it, and that's where people that I have spoken to expect that to go.
2: So Chris, from a football perspective, we like what Clark Lee has done so far and we can go back James Franklin while James Franklin could get along with anyone and he worked hard to to build relationships and have the marketing angle for it um, was not necessarily knowledgeable of Vanderbilt and the way things are done at Vanderbilt when he came in Derek Mason well we like Derek Mason never really jived with the Vanderbilt community Clark Lee seems like the perfect fit for the vanderbilt fan those that didn't graduate from university but definitely the vanderbilt alum and he seems to have generated some excitement with past players and alumni do you see him right now as a really good fit for what that program needs right now
0: yeah i think you made really good observations there i think he's a great fit um at first i wasn't sure if he should have been the guy I wasn't against the idea But they had some decent candidates and he's never been a head coach and to me that matters but everyone i have talked to has been really impressed with him and look let's be clear there's a long way to go from impressing people in private conversations to winning football games and he may have a lot of things in place that are good ideas and you can still lose at Vanderbilt for reasons we all know but having said that Um, He's been in school there. He knows the value of a degree. He knows what he's up against. He lived here. When I have dealt with him and talked to people who've dealt with him, he just seems like a guy who does not leave a lot of stuff to chance and is also probably more realistic than James in terms of, of where he can win battles and how to win battles. And I think the point that you started your question with was a good one. I think that Derek didn't try to fight those battles and just did not want to rock the boat. I think that James didn't care about rocking the boat and and didn't care about who he ticked off. I think Clark will be kind of an in-between. And while at times I I tend to lean towards more the Franklin approach that you got so little done there that you had to use the hammer when you got it. I think that with the chancellor they have in place and what you've seen from him already, I think he's already laid the groundwork that you can get some things done. And I think, especially in light of that, I think Clark Lee is a really good fit for all the reasons you mentioned.
2: And when you look at football recruiting so far under Clark Lee, Langston Patterson from CPA, that's a big get for the program. What they're trying to do locally, bringing in Barton Simmons, I thought was really clever, uh, Vanderbilt. Um, uh, My neck of the woods, they offered two kids from Mount Juliet yesterday. It seems like they're really putting a focus on the mid state with recruiting. Has that been your impression?
0: Yeah, it has been mine. We heard a lot of things like there were certain schools that they just didn't seem to recruit very hard. NBA was one uh, and my goodness, if there's ever a place where you should be able to commit to football player, that Vanderbilt is the place for you. It's NBA, Clark, Lee graduated there. But yeah, I think you will see them work smart, work hard. And I thought the Patterson commitment was big. I mean, who knows? A a lot of kids in that range, that mid to high three-star range, they're they're about 50-50. A lot of times they hit and a lot of times they don't. But I thought that was significant because we all know the negative publicity around that program. It was deserved. We saw how bad they were last year. I think when you can come in that quickly and convince a kid who has a lot of great options that soon who has seen all the warts to pick your school to me, that's a pretty good harbinger for how he'll recruit.
2: So Jerry Stackhouse now going into year three, as he, as he transitions with this program, I guess my question is, Chris, is there any type of transition with Jerry Stackhouse? Is he changing anything up? Is he reevaluating what he's done so far? Or is he going by the same things he told Joe Rex wrote in that piece, that he's figured it all out in college basketball? No one should be questioning him and his record, while I think it speaks for itself in wins and losses, doesn't really matter because he's the one who knows how to handle this? Or do you expect some adjustment with that program going into this pivotal year three? Oh, I
0: think there's going to be more adjustment than he let on. I thought that story was an awful look for him. Um, Again, I think you make a good point. The record is what it is, and it speaks for itself. He's got to recruit better. I think that starts with having assistants who are better connected in the recruiting world. I think you'll see him make one change and maybe two to his staff to address that. You know, I I think that there's still a lot of things wrong with his approach, but I think changing that would help. And I think the other thing, they're on a kid out of Texas named Lee Dort, it appears. He's the 26th ranked player in this class by rivals. He's a big man. They need great players and they need big men for sure. I think if that's a deal he can close for 2022, along with some staff changes, I've not been very optimistic about his chances to get it done just because I don't think his setup's been good. I don't think his work that has been what you need it to be in this league to win. But I think if he makes the changes and he can get a lead door, then all of a sudden you have to start reevaluating a little bit where the trajectory is, Uh, but he's got to get players and he's got to get them soon. And I'm really watching that one for sure.
1: Chris Lee of VandySports.com joins us on the Tennessee Power Hour of Outkick 360. Chris, uh, a new venture for you and, and several riders at Southeastern14.com. A lot of SEC fans viewing and listening right now. And you've got the top three sports covered, uh, including football, but also baseball and basketball at Southeastern14.com. Tell us about it.
0: Yes, it is a site in the podcast that we launched in February. So it's still a work in progress, but we have decided, look, everybody loves SEC football and we do too, and it's a great product and we're going to cover the heck out of it in the fall. But I think they also have a really underrated product in basketball, and I think their baseball is even better than their football is. And I think the season is going to be just crazy good across the league in baseball, and you've seen some good results early. But Our philosophy is that the league deserves to be covered more than just football. And we're going to cover baseball and basketball and football too, the way that everybody else covers football. And I think if you like the SEC and you want to go to a place where we keep you updated on what's going on at the 14 schools where you don't have to do a lot of searching elsewhere um, and we'll give you opinions. We'll tell you what's going on. We do a podcast five days a week. I think if you're a general SEC fan, uh, and especially in those two other sports that I think are very undercover. I think you'll really like what we're going to have for people.
1: Southeastern14.com, the website, VandySports.com, where you can read and hear Chris's work. Chris, thank you, as always, for the time. Always insightful, and uh, it's just good to be able to finally uh, discuss some, some positive steps for, for this Vanderbilt program, top to bottom, with the money invested from the top down.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see a new day over there, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Got it. Thanks, Chris for Lee,
1: you can see the Twitter account there, Chris Lee of VandySports.com. He does great work yeah. over in that program. He does. One of our favorites. And props to him and, uh, and others on the Southeastern14.com. Yeah, I'm looking launch. forward to it. just that. bookmarked it. Absolutely.